it's Belovacani at v 87 on Twitter. Shocking SmackDown title change as the WWE Tag Team Champions went to the New Day. We'll talk about that in a moment. The Fiend has a new target. And we know the first part of SmackDown Women's Survivor Series team, and it's not anyone who you think it would be. Let's get right to it. You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. But we started off with King Corbin, appropriate as SmackDown was in the UK, and I'll make reference to that quite a bit, Manchester to be exact. He blamed uh, the NXT invasion last week on Roman Reigns. He said, Roman hasn't done much lately. And of course, later they would have a match in the main event, and it turns out Roman wasn't there, which is why Corbin was talking so much smack, because Roman had some prior commitment up until the match, apparently. I don't know. He showed up later during the show. The match itself was pretty good until Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler distracted Roman to set up an angle where they kind of got on him again and then a third time and Corbin got the win here. Nothing too out of the ordinary, but this is sort of interesting because we do still have the Survivor Series with SmackDown taking on Raw. And much like what I said when we got to the end of Raw with Lashley and Rusev, I would love, 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 love SmackDown to force King Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, Bobby Roode, Roman Reigns, and another member of the SmackDown roster to team together against NXT and Raw. Because I don't know if I want to see a full-out Team Corbin versus Team Roman. Uh, Although, you know, this might lead to the Usos coming back, which would be quite good. Obviously, one of them away because of a DUI. We then, well, this is out of order because I like to order stuff my own way. We were backstage with Sasha Banks at another point in the show. Uh, she was with Bailey, and they were talking about the invasion. They claimed that Bailey and uh, themselves basically had started the NXT Women's Division, and Bailey was the only Triple Crown winner in that she has the SmackDown Women's Champion. She's won the Raw Women's Champion. She's won the NXT Women's Champion, and that they could play Takeover Games too, which implied that they were going to invade Raw or NXT, which I was very happy to see. So we got Nikki Cross taking on Sasha Banks, a little fallout from their match last week because Sasha certainly got involved. Bailey was on commentary. Sasha had a new entrance, which I could only describe as a remix of her old entrance uh, featuring some Snoop Dogg lines. Of course, Sasha got the win, but as she went up the ramp, for whatever reason, Bailey was still in the ring because you want to take some cheap shots at Nikki and Sasha was tired, I don't know. Uh, Baszler, Shayna Baszler took this opportunity to run in and attack Bailey, and then run out before Sasha was able to intercept. But I would have much preferred she just brought the horsewomen with her. Like, and I know with the four-on-four uh, takeover match that they're doing on NXT um, War Games, I don't know why that escaped my mind. That it looks like one or both of the members of the four horsewomen are not going to be part of that match, and. There's sort of a pecking order where they're not on the maybe the top half of the women's division. But it just just seemed too silly. You have Nikki in the ring. You have Bailey in the ring. And here's Baszler having to time her attack so that Sasha can't interrupt it. And because they didn't want to bring the two other four, uh, two other four horsewomen, uh, Jessamine Duke and Maria Shafir, with her. And they haven't done it the, thus far. You know, I, I like the strength in numbers. And I think it plays to the angle of maybe Baszler not fighting fair. So I would have just done that. I don't know. I have a problem with that. And plus, you know, Bailey and, and 
Sasha are part of the Four Horsewomen, and, and so is Becky. All the more reason to play into that. We also had Tyson Fury returning to his hometown. He came out to about a quarter of his crown jewel entrance, which was sort of funny, no pyro. And he wanted Braun to come out, but they shook hands. And I guess in the future, they want to tag together. Of course, in the case of Fury, he has a boxing match coming up against uh, Wilder, who I don't know anything about. I won't pretend to. But this was a nice tease to the future. And Braun had a nice joke where he said, no one would be stupid enough to challenge the two of them and get their four hands. At which point, the B team came out and Curtis Axel said, we are stupid enough to fight you. To which Bo Dallas quickly tried to walk it back slightly when he said the B team stands for, the B and B team stands for fearless, which was a lot, both of these lines were amazing. Uh, eventually, Fury just watched Braun Strowman knock them both off the apron, then do his running charge, uh, his running shoulder block from the outside of the ring. And then he threw Bo Dallas in the ring to be punched out by Fury. And then he power slammed Axel, that being Braun Strowman. Now the big surprise, and I maybe saved this for too late in the podcast, hopefully you're still listening. The New Day defeated the Revival to win the Tag Team Champions. We heard uh, from the New Day before the match. And they talked about uh, dedicating this match to Xavier Woods. Biggie had some great joke about Xavier being in jail, not injured. Kofi talked about the importance of getting, you know, getting the win against the Revival. And of course, Biggie had another joke where he said the seventh tag team title reign for the New Day would get them within closer distance to Charlotte, who is racking up the titles, and that was quite good. The revival prior to this match had taken credit, at least to the commentary team, for injuring Xavier Woods. And they were priorly in the Survivor Series match against the Undisputed Era, who are the NXT tag team champions, and the Viking Raiders, who are the Raw tag team champions. Now the New Day will take their spot, which is probably a bigger deal for the pay-per-view. I liked how the Revival fit in with that match because the Viking Raiders are very over as a face team. The Undisputed Era are heels, but they're very liked, and I like the Revival being that glue heel team. But this is a good storyline as well. It's a nice surprise. I really didn't think it could happen, so I give WWE credit for surprising me. And it wouldn't be the only time as Sami Zayn was backstage with Daniel Bryan following up on his previous offer for him to join him in Shinsuke Nakamura. And he further elaborated to, to Brian that Shin and Cesaro were going to be a match against Ali and Shorty G, and that Brian should come ringside to see what Sammy could do for him by seeing what he does for these guys. Brian showed up right after the match started on the entrance ramp, which I guess was close enough. And of course, uh, with a little help from their buddy Sammy, Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro got the win over Ali, Ali I want to call him Ali G, Ali and Shorty G, which as a team they should be called Ali G or Short Ali. We then went backstage again with Sammy and Daniel Bryan, which seemed a bit odd, but ended up serving a good purpose as he wanted an answer from Bryan right now. He felt like he should have come out and celebrated with him and that Bryan, he could see it. He was ready to leave the Yes movement and Bryan, who really had said nothing to this point, before he could talk, the lights flickered. He paused and the lights went out and the Fiend attacked, and I'm pretty sure Sami Zayn, either in the dark or as the lights came on, ran for his life. And it looks like, and it may not be at Survivor Series, it may be after Survivor Series, we will be getting the Fiend versus Daniel Bryan. Or it probably will be at Survivor Series, because I can't imagine they're going to put Adam Cole in a match one-on-one with the Fiend. That would be a great mistake. So, uh, I obviously Daniel has the history of the Wyatt family. And he's in this tweener stage right now. 
which sets him up perfectly for Wyatt, and I'd love to see this. Heavy Machinery also came out. Uh, they had a match against someone I never really found out, but before that could happen, they were attacked by Imperium, who are billed as part of NXT UK, but part of NXT nevertheless. But the nice little wrinkle here is shortly after they attacked Biggie, Apollo Crews, I think Kofi Kingston was out there too, Shorty G, Ali, and Shelton Benjamin all made the save, and that sort of maybe explained why we didn't get more of an NXT invasion short of Shayna Baszler. And what was a big surprise? Dana Brooke and Carmella got their match against Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. And it turns out the winner of this match would join Team SmackDown. Well, you would imagine it'd be Sonya and Mandy and the Dana and Carmella, who didn't even enter together and aren't really a team, would have no... But they won. They won. Uh, and it was very interesting because early on in this match, this just looked like a platform to build Sonya as the best of the rest, you know, in terms of after Nikki, she's probably the next person to get a title shot because they're not ready to flip Sasha on Bailey or vice versa. But no, 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 no. Uh, Dana Brooke and Carmella won. It was really surprising. When Dana Brooke hit the Swanton bomb off the top rope, uh, I kind of didn't believe it. And, you know, earlier in the night when the New Day won the tag team titles, you could see uh, they had the tag team offense. They even had a new move where Biggie had a bear hug that Kofi hit into Trouble in Paradise. This was not the case. Um, there was not a lot of chemistry from what I could see from this team of Brooke and Carmella. Brooks coming out flexing, Carmella's moonwalking. They, they seem like almost polar opposite ends of the spectrum, although they're both blonde, and that's probably all Vince McMahon sees. But Carmella is a big personality, not necessarily, not necessarily much of a physical presence. Dana Brooke is a tiny personality and a massive physical presence. It's, it's an interesting merger of a team, not unlike Sonya and Mandy, maybe the first face version of that. Um... And maybe it should be called Muscle and Moonwalk or something. They need a way to, to build this team. But I'm happy they got the win. I, I, I You know, you wonder how does SmackDown, assuming the Sonya and Mandy now cannot get on the team, who do they put on that SmackDown team? You would think Sasha Banks now that she can wrestle for the first time since uh, Hell in a Cell could be part of it. You would think Nikki Cross could be part of it. But who is the fifth member of Team SmackDown on the women's side? I don't know. And maybe Alexa comes back and that's it. And hopefully that is it. But that was a very, very interesting SmackDown. Um, I was pleasantly surprised not only by the new tag team champions, but by the Survivor Series team. The Corbin angle had a few wrinkles. And The Fiend going after Daniel Bryan. I'm very excited. AEW, take notes. This is how you do wrestling. Needless to say, I absolutely will not be spending my hard-earned money on Full Gear. There will not be a podcast for it. I couldn't care less. I'll be back on Monday night for a Raw. Then I'll look at AEW Dynamite if, if my brain doesn't uh, self-destruct before the end of it. And then I'll be back next Friday. For SmackDown, Survivor Series, and NXT uh, TakeOver War Games, or just War Games are around the corner, so we'll be looking at those at the end of the month. And as always, tweet me at BilalV87 on Twitter. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 